the living room or TLR for short. Here's what's happening is that here at the living room, we like to talk about life and faith. And if you're joining us for the first time, you're catching us on the back end of a series we've been calling Brand New, where we're evaluating or reevaluating Jesus and asking questions and looking at that, but and having that conversation. But it is a conversation. And so because of that, you don't want to hear just from me talking. I certainly don't want to hear just me talking. And so you'll notice over here next to my face that there's a chat box. We'd love for you to type away, talk all throughout this. If you're like, yeah, that's so great, or boo, okay, we say whatever you want. But to make sure that chat box is working and is for you to see that, oh, I can type. Uh, I want to ask you this question and have you guys discuss this. Since we're getting into the Christmas season, getting in the holiday spirit, what's your favorite Christmas movie? For me, it's kind of a tie, so it makes it complicated. I'll cop out by giving both answers, but mine are Elf and It's a Wonderful Life, which are like kind of extreme, but anyway, they're both great movies. I love them both for different reasons. Those are my two favorite. As you're thinking about what your favorite Christmas movie is and typing away, and like, Nate, mine's Elf too. Great, I'm glad we're friends. But as you're thinking about that, I want to tell you about two really exciting Christmas things that we're doing here at TLR. The first, you may have noticed last week, we started this, and it's our Christmas calendar challenge. I had to practice saying that 10 times in front of a mirror to get it right. Christmas calendar challenge, okay? This is leading up to Christmas every day. We're posting like a new challenge to, to kind of rethink Christmas or get into the Christmas spirit where it's not all about just receiving gifts, but actually helping others and investing and caring for others. You can find more info about this, and you'll see us post about it every day on our Instagram at Sojourn underscore Rick, but you already know that. Anyway, we'd love to see you there participating, sharing photos, videos, whatever. We'd love for you to be part of that. Second exciting Christmas thing we have going on. So for the first time ever, this is the first year of TLR, but still first time ever, okay, we are doing a special Christmas series, our special Christmas TLR. And so we're going to have our regular TLR on December 21st. And then on December 24th, we're going to have a special TLR and on the 25th. And so You'll see more info about that again on Instagram, and you'll see us posting about it. But we'd love for you to be a part of that. Love to see you there. Now, finally, the last thing, and we'll actually jump into the conversation, is that if you've been around, you're going to notice that today things look and feel a little different, and, and the conversation is going to be a little different. And that's because, well, Sarah, who's like my co-host and helps out, she's she's no longer with us anymore and so like hey, it's just kind of right here what are you talking about okay like, like, okay get out of my shot okay like, like she's with us but not like with us like anyway whatever it's different okay we're trying new things and she's here okay but like the night anyway if this is your first time you're like this is already a train wreck what's happening well it only gets better from here so in the meantime sit back relax and enjoy this conversation about life and faith See you on the other side. That is a big question. And it's one that it's one that we all wrestle with on some level, right? Like you may not use the word sin and you may not wash away because it sounds religious, but but you wrestle with this. Like you wrestle with it in context, like what can get rid of my guilt? What can get rid of my shame? Like, you know, what what can wash that away? You know, and if you're religious, then maybe you do use that what can wash away my sin. But on one level, we all wrestle with this, and here, here's how I know that, is that we none of us are perfect, like like you'll admit that, but we all have these things that we think about, and, and they just they bring back bad memories, you know? Like, like, 
Rhode Island, we're small enough that like there are certain towns that like you you remember that bad thing that happened with that person and you just avoid going to that town or that restaurant or that specific Dunkin'. Like you're not gonna go to that Dunkin' anymore because that's where she dumped you, you know, because you did anyway. You know, I'm sorry, I'm bringing up bad memories. Like, but we have these memories, we have these things. Like, what could wash it away? Because regardless if you're religious or not, you know that like deep down that there's something in you that like that you messed up, okay? And you messed up in big, bigger ways than just a mistake. You know, we talked about that a few weeks ago. But like, but what can wash that away? What can, what can, what can get rid of that? You know, for me, it's funny because like I grew up in a Christian religious house, and so you know, I was always told things like, make sure you pray for forgiveness for your sins. And I'm like, God, sorry, I you know went into my brother's room, okay. All right, and for you, maybe that you're like, God, sorry, I went in my sister's room, okay, whatever, not a big deal. Sorry, I stole a quarter, okay, you know, you're like, man, God seems petty. I got to say sorry for all this stuff. And every time I did something wrong, which was small, I was like, pray for forgiveness, right, and just kind of mumbled all together. And well, this is the other thing: if you grew up in a religious home, you learn about the stuff. Same time you learn about Jesus, you know, you learn about Jesus and the tooth fairy and Santa, and so it's just all kind of whatever. But then you become an adult, and the things that you need forgiveness for are much bigger. Like, like you didn't go into your sister's room. You went into somebody else's sister's room that wasn't your girl, and you shouldn't have been in there, okay? And you know that. You didn't just steal a quarter from somebody. You stole something much bigger, something much more valuable, significant. And so the things that we do wrong get bigger as we get older, and the weight of them, and the guilt, and the shame, and the just the... Oh, heaviness of it, it just, it all gets worse as we get older, right? But, again, we don't like to think about any of this. You know, we're like, oh, don't talk to me about this, Nate. What are you doing? But the reason we're talking about it is because we, we're calling this series brand new. You know, we think there's something brand new here we're discovering. We want you to have a better life. But let's be honest, this guilt, this shame, this sin, this whatever you call it, it's, it's one of the big barriers in our life. It's one of the big reasons we don't have a better life. And, and it's just, and we just carry it around, you know, and, and again, you, you don't let other people know this. This is, these are just thoughts you have late at night by yourself. You don't want other people to know this, but still there's part of you, there's part of me that wrestles with what can wash this away? Can it be washed away? Or is it something that we just find ways to shove it down? And that's the other thing. We're young, you know, like we're young and, you know, we're not stupid, but like we're young. And, and so there's tons of things we can do to try to wash it away or not think about it. You know, there's counseling, okay, which I'm, I'm all a fan of counseling, but can counseling wash all of it away? You know, like maybe you can try that. There's, everybody offers a solution. I mean, Xbox offers a solution, movies, Netflix, Peloton, it doesn't matter, all of them. They all offer something to wash this away, right? But can it? Can it wash away? And, and yeah, because we're young, we try these things, and sometimes they work, and they work for a while. But then, but then you hear the name, and the name brings it back up, right? Or, or you go to that town, you're forced to go to that town, and it comes back up. The memories come flooding back. What can wash that away? What can wash away my sin, my shame, my guilt? What can wash it away? Here's what's interesting. If you've been. Uh, journeying with us on this journey um and brand new we have been talking about you know again how to have a better life what what how can you have a better life 
And if you've been with us, we've been looking at kind of the story of Jesus and, and weaving that in. But here's what's interesting is that everybody has a solution that they offer about what can wash away the guilt, the shame, the sin, the bad memory. All Everybody has a solution, like I said. What's very interesting about Jesus, and the reason we've been exploring what Jesus has to say, is that in all of history, all religions, everybody has offered a solution. Even Christians, okay, even Christianity, even me, I, you know, we offer solutions. But there's only been one person, one person, who's offered himself as a solution. Now that's significant because it's unique, and so he's the only one, so that's kind of cool. But, you know, when you say something like that, that's a bold statement. You know, like, okay, if, just the like, context of this, okay, if I were to tell you I'm the solution, okay, I'm what can wash away your shame, your guilt, your sin, your whatever and stuff, you should exit out of this video and never come back, okay, because I'm a lunatic, I'm either a lunatic, or I'm lying and I'm deceiving you, right? So if somebody were to make that claim, that, you know, they're probably either lying, they're a lunatic, but what if it was true? Now, if it was me, it's definitely not true, but what if it was true? Okay, which is also why, just to be clear, I'm not a lunatic, so I'm never going to say that. I am not your solution, okay? Quote me on that. Anyway, but Jesus, he said he was. Could he be? He's either a liar, a lunatic, or maybe he's telling the truth. And that's what we're exploring, because, because again, it can he be? I don't know. I mean, this is, again, because we're exploring this, that's a question that we're wrestling with. If you've been with us, that's what we are looking at. Now, here's what's really cool. To get to Jesus, if you've been with us previously on Brand New at TLR, Rewind, okay, we've been going through this history of Israel and, like, all these, like, their history where God made a promise to this guy Abraham, and then he followed up on it with Moses, and that's kind of where we've been at. But what happens after Moses? Like, how do we get to Jesus? And this is what's fascinating is that after Moses, if you go through, speed through history here, um, Israel's in this constant cycle. They follow God, then they don't. They follow God, then don't. And God puts them in timeout, takes them out of timeout. It's just a cycle over and over again. Then, if you know your history, Rome, we're speeding up real fast there, but Rome is in charge of most of the known world, and specifically Israel and Jerusalem, where our story takes place. And it's in that buildup that we get our introduction to Jesus is showing up, and that Jesus maybe, just maybe, there's something about this Jesus guy. Now, because, uh, you know, because the Bible's fascinating, you should read it for yourself, but because it's fascinating, the person that introduces that Jesus is coming, and that maybe there's something new here, and we get our first clue that, that maybe, maybe there is something unique and special about Jesus. So this guy by the name of John the Baptist. Now, what makes John the Baptist, that's his name, the Baptist, not that he was, you know, John the Catholic and then switched to John the Baptist or... You know, he didn't want to be John the Methodist or John the Presbyterian. No, he's it called John the Baptist because he did this weird thing, especially for back then, where he would dunk people in the water and then pull them back up on baptism. And the reason that it was weird is not just he was dunking them and like, oh, okay. Um, the reason it was weird is that if you were to switch in ancient times, if you were to switch your, your religion and your belief, you know, you, you weren't Jewish, but then you want to become Jewish, you, there was a ceremonial washing or baptism that would take place, but usually it was priests that would do it. Okay? John the Baptist was just this random weirdo in the middle of the woods, not woods, but just in the middle of this desert with a river, and all these people coming up, and he was baptizing people. 
Now, what does this have to do with you? What does this have to do? I want you to check out this conversation he has because if religious people have ever frustrated you or whatever, what John the Baptist does here is so like, uh, it's just so funny and it's just very interesting. But it's also our first clue into like, maybe there's something here with Jesus. And you can disagree with this, you can wrestle with that, but you're going to want to check this out. So just to set the stage, John the Baptist, he's out there and he's teaching people and he's talking and the crowd's loving him and the, just the city is traveling a day's journey to come see him. And, and in one account, it says like the whole city of Jerusalem was there, which it's got to be exaggeration, but there's a lot of people there. Well, these religious leaders, they're not happy because John is infringing on their territory. He's doing their job and he's not even making sense. So they show up and they're like, John, who are you? Hey, what are you doing out here? Who are you? are you? Are you the Savior? Are you the Messiah? Are you a prophet? Who are you? And I'm going to read you John's response. And again, just, just put yourself in their shoes. How frustrating. You're asking these questions, and John says this as a response. How just, uh, just frustrating this would be. Because this is what John says in response to those questions. This is found in John chapter 1, if you ever want to fact check me. But John says this. He says, Among you stands one you do not know. Okay, John, we just asked you who you were, who, like, what are you doing out here? Are you a prophet? And your response is, among you stands one you do not know. If you're like me and you're sassy and kind of passive-aggressive, I read this and I'm like, among you stands one you do not know. <laughs> and the Pharisees are probably like, among us, who's sus right now, okay? you know. But like, you know, they're, they're, again, John's not answering their question. And he, and he doubles down on it. He says this. He, talking about this person that's among you, he is the one who comes after me. The straps of whose sandals I am unworthy, I'm not worthy to untie. Hey, thanks, John. That cleared that up. So who are you again? <laughs> like, you didn't answer our question. And John doesn't. He goes back to teaching. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, these people that ask him a question, they just leave frustrated. But here we see our first glimpse that John, he's saying, I'm not the main thing. Okay, and I know you're all worried about who I am. But what you need to know is among you stands one you do not know. Like, maybe right here, right now. Okay. Next day, John is out there. He's teaching. Again, crowd. Crowd crazy. Love him. And if you if you ever read what John was saying, he was not like, he was not as nice as I am. Okay. I'll just put it that way. Because he's just telling everybody, you suck. And you guys, you guys think you've done things wrong. It's even worse than that. You're even worse than you realize you are. Okay. You're not just a mistake, you're saying just going hard on them. And they're like, oh, thank you, John. Like, we needed that. And you read it, and you're like, how is anybody listening to this guy? And in that, in that fiery message, and in that, John just stops. And he stops there, and shh, guys, guys, look. And I'm sure somebody was like, hey, I'm next in line. Hey, shh, look. Man, I know, I'll be with you in a second. But look, everybody, look. And everybody stops, and he's pointing to a man, and he says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay, And I'm sure they're all like, There's a sheep around here. Who let the sheep out? What's going on? Right? And John's probably like, Oh, my gosh. No, like, it's a figure. Oh, you guys are so literal. It's a figure of speech. And for us, we're like, The Lamb that takes away the sins of the world? That's not bad. Okay, But what does that have to do with me? And the reason that is a figure of speech and what this had to do is that in this religious context, what these Israelites and these Jewish people have been doing for years 
is that they do when they did something wrong, okay? That, again, you know you've done something wrong, but when they did something wrong, what they would do is they would say, okay, I know that there's a debt that I need to pay. Like, I know that like I've broken something. I've broken a relationship either with myself, with others, with God, with nature. Like I've broken something. There needs to be a payment of some kind, but I can't pay it back. And so the way that I'm going to pay it back is I'm going to sacrifice this animal, usually a lamb, to represent like, like paying this debt back. But they were also smart enough to know that like, doing something and hurting people, like taking it out on an animal, doesn't fully take care of it, so they do it over and over again. But what John was pointing to here is that this man that I'm pointing to, this guy that I'm like, shh, look, he has come to not just take away the sins of your world, but to take away, to pick up and carry off forever the sins of the world. Now, it's a bold claim, and again, that's a cute story, but is it true? Does it have anything to do with me? What, what does that matter? If you read the rest of Jesus' life, and in the coming weeks, you're going to hear us talk more and more about it. But in the, the following years, next two or three years, Jesus would go around and he would heal people. And he would, you know, do these miracles and do these cool things that maybe you wrestle with. But, but he did them. And, and he, you know, in all of it, he would point to things and talk about how... You know, he was the, the answer, the key, that he was he was bringing salvation to the world, that if you wanted to get to God, you had to go through him. And everybody's like, okay, it's kind of weird, but you feed us or whatever. Um, and then on the final night that he was with his friends, okay, after two or three years going around doing all this cool stuff, having crowds follow him, that final night, Jesus is there and he's having he's celebrating this Passover meal. And if you were with us last week, we talked about Passover was the like pinnacle of religious holidays for the Jewish people. This was the moment they celebrated when the death angel passed over their houses because they had trusted God and they had been rescued from Egypt. Okay. They were celebrating that meal. And for about fifteen hundred years these people would celebrate this meal as pinnacle of their their religious celebrations, okay, to celebrate God's faithfulness to them. And Jesus is celebrating this Passover meal, and he's with his friends, and he says something that's so offensive that, that they should have killed him, but they at least should have just got up and walked away. And he said, hey, from now on, when you guys celebrate this meal, you're not going to remember Passover anymore. You're not going to remember what ha happened in Egypt anymore. You're going to celebrate me. Now, to us, not that offensive. Who cares? Some of you might even be rolling your eyes, yawning, looking for your mouse to exit out. But listen, listen, look, before you leave, you got to get this. Why it's so significant, why what he said was so insensitive. Okay, It would be almost the equivalent, not quite, but it would be almost the equivalent of a hop on here next week. You know, Christmas is coming up. We're going to do some special Christmas stuff for TLR. We've been announcing that, teasing that. And go, All right, guys, here's our big Christmas TLR announcement. From now on, I'm so excited to tell you this. From now on, when we celebrate Christmas, we're not going to celebrate Jesus' birth. We're not going to celebrate buying people gifts, Santa, Elf, or anything. No, no. From now on, at Sojourn, we're celebrating Nate, my birthday. About me now, okay? You all buy me gifts, my birthday. That's what we're celebrating. That's our Christmas announcement. If I did that, you would exit out and be like, this guy's a lunatic and lost his mind, okay? That is just a touch of what Jesus was suggesting, that from now on, the Jewish people would celebrate him instead of what happened in Egypt? It's ludicrous. 
And it just highlights one of the biggest problems with Jesus. Okay? If you don't believe in Jesus and you don't follow him, you walked away, you had bad experiences, I get that. Okay? Because here's one of the things that's interesting about Jesus and, and kind of makes him difficult. Is that, see, Jesus, if, if we're honest and we evaluate it, because that's what we're doing in the internet, evaluating or reevaluating Jesus. But if you look at Jesus, he made it all about himself. Here's why that's a problem. Jesus, as I said, he'd go around and he'd say, like, I'm the answer. Okay, at one point, he, he doesn't even leave any wiggle room. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. Like, the truth. Not a truth. The truth. Okay? Okay, Jesus, you mean like a way? No, no, no. I am the way. Okay. It's kind of bold and arrogant. Man. And here's the problem. Is that because Jesus made these bold claims, he made it all about himself, what happens is he ends up dying. Now, you may not feel like you're the smartest with religion and theology and these big concepts and ideas, but listen, can you be the way and the truth and be the dead, okay? All right, being dead is the end, okay? You're not the way, the truth, you're the end. It's over. You're dead. Okay, compare this to other movements that have happened in our lifetime, Okay, or in, in history. Think about like when Martin Luther King Jr. died. The movement didn't stop. The movement that people of color deserved equal rights and equal protections under the law still continues today. Why? Because it wasn't about Martin Luther King Jr. Okay? It, was, it was about the movement, the cause. People carried it forward. Okay? You look at all the religions. When the main figure died, it wasn't about him. People rallied together to carry that person's teachings forward. Here's the problem. Jesus didn't leave that. There's no way for that to happen. Because Jesus made it all about himself. And then he died. There's nothing to talk about. Okay? Again, you can't be the way. We can't go and tell everybody, hey guys, this guy Jesus, he's the way. Great, let's meet him. He's dead. Okay, well, he's not the way then. All right? And that's the problem with Jesus. And the reason it's a problem and, and his, his friends, the people that actually believed him, they knew it was a problem. Because when Jesus died, you know what they did? They ran away. Okay, They did what you're supposed to do when you believe somebody's the way, and then they die. They said, it's the end. We're out of here. We're screwed. And, and that's what they did. You read these stories of people that they believed him. They fought where they're like, I believe in you, Jesus. And then... My favorite, this guy Peter, he was like that. He's like, I believe in you, Jesus. And then this middle school girl says, hey, weren't you one of Jesus' friends? And he's like, nope, not me. Why? Because he knew Jesus was arrested and about to be killed, so he runs away. Another, one of my favorite examples is Jesus' brother. Okay, Jesus' brother, like any good brother, did not believe in Jesus Okay, when Jesus was alive and going around talking. Because, come on, if your brother... Was going around telling everybody that they were the way, that they were God, that they were the Lord. You know, you'd be like, whatever, you're my brother. There's no way that I'll ever submit to you. And that's the problem with Jesus, is he made it so much about himself. No wiggle room. There's no message to carry forward when he dies. The thing that we have to wrestle with, the thing that you may have to wrestle with and figure out is why is, why are we talking about Jesus today then? Why is it so many people in a few weeks, millions of people around the world are going to be celebrating the birth of this guy that died? Why is that? And it's because something had to have happened 
for us to talk about him because he's so bold and making these statements about himself and then died. Why? It doesn't add up. And here's what I think happened. Here's what I, I believe happened. Is that, see, Peter, he responded correctly when he saw Jesus die. He ran away terrified. Okay, But then, few weeks later, in front of the very same people that killed Jesus, he looks at them and says, listen, look at me. Look at me. You killed Jesus. I ate lunch with him later. You need to say you're sorry because you were wrong. Okay? That's a boldness that, that he, he all of a sudden he's just emboldened and empowered to tell the very people who killed Jesus that they were wrong and needed to say sorry. This is the same guy a few weeks later scared of a middle school girl. What had to have happened? And then James, being a good brother and not believing his brother, okay, writes a letter to some friends years later. And in his letter, you can go read this in James. Google this one on time. But he starts his letter off by describing himself as a servant to his Lord Jesus. Now, again, if you have siblings, you understand the weight of this. What would it take for you to tell other people you were a servant of your sibling? Okay? Nothing. Okay? I, I have two brothers. No way I'd ever say that. Unless, unless, maybe something happened. You see your brother die and come back to life. Buddy, I'll be your servant. I'll tell you that real quick. Okay? Something had to have happened. And you can wrestle with that. But but here's the significance of all of this. Why are we talking about this? Whatever. Okay. Wrestle with that. Maybe you believe that. Maybe you don't. You struggle to believe that. What does this have to do with you? Because you feel guilt. You feel shame. You like, what how does this help any of that? Here's what I want you to see. Is that after Jesus died and came back to life. A few years after that, this guy, Paul, who you've heard us reference several times, he hated Christians, and he switched teams, and he goes from hating, killing, and arresting Christians to wanting everybody to follow Jesus. But he's writing a letter to people, and he's reflecting on the significance of Jesus, the significance of the claims Jesus made, the belief that Jesus died and came back to life. And he's writing about that significance, and here's what he says. And this is why this helps you. He, to these friends, you can find this in Colossians 2, verse 13. But he says this. He, talking about Jesus, forgave us all our sins. All. Okay? Not some. Not part. Not, not you know, the ones you did last week, but not the ones you're going to do tomorrow. Okay? All our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. That's what we talked about earlier, that when you do something wrong, you feel that weight, that, that like you owe it to yourself, you owe it to other people. There's, there's just like you owe it. You know, we use that term, I owe you an apology. Like, what do you mean you owe? Like, like when we do something wrong, we know there's something. We're in debt. Like, we, we owe, right? Paul's saying it's even worse than that. Not only do you owe it to yourself, you owe it to humanity, to your mother, your brother, whoever. You owe God. And here's the problem with owing God. He doesn't take credit cards, okay? So how do you pay God back, okay? You can't. That's the problem. That's why we carry this guilt and shame and it weighs on us. Because it's not just other people we owe. Like, if there's a God, we clearly haven't lived up to his standards. And you know that. You haven't even lived up to your own standards, much less God's. 
So how do you pay God back? You can't. But that's the beauty of this good news. As Paul's saying, he canceled it. Okay? This is my favorite part. This part honestly gives me goosebumps when I read this. He continues, which stood against us and condemned us. Okay? That's that's it. That's the feeling we carry around. That's that when you when you're in that town, okay, you, you, and you, you feel condemned and guilty and ashamed. Like, and again, you don't let anybody know. Like, this is this is what you keep between yourself and you don't let anybody know, but you feel guilty. You feel condemned. And it weighs on you. The other thing with this is this is why some of you have left church. Okay? Because, because you were looking for a solution to this. And what did the people in your church community do? They didn't help. Now, that's not true for all of us. But for some of us, I know your stories. I know. You had parents get divorced. And they made you feel guilty for it. And they shunned you. Some of you have cousins or siblings that, that came out as gay. And everybody just shunned you. Okay, Some of you, <laughs> you messed up bad and it got out. Okay, And they shunned you. They made you feel guilty and condemned. It stood against you. Okay? And you carry that with you. And so, so you leave. But here's what Paul's saying. The significance of Jesus is in this. Is that Jesus cancels that. Okay? This this. This condemnation, this weight, this burden, this guilt, this shame, this sin. It's canceled through Jesus. How? That's what he gets to next. He has taken it away. How? By nailing it to the cross. Here's the significance of this. And here's where we'll wrap up. You may struggle to believe that's true. You may struggle with, can somebody die and come back to life? And then, not only that, but Jesus walked on water. Like, I know that's a story I'm supposed to believe that. Even, like, depending on what your religious context and experience is, you may wrestle with this. And I get that. But here's what you need to know. And here's what you have to wrestle with. Is that in all throughout history, only Jesus offered himself as a solution. And not only that, he punctuated it by dying for you. So that you would have this symbol, this moment, this recognition to look back on it and say, look, my guilt, my shame, my embarrassment, the stories I don't want anybody to know, I'm forgiven. I bump into them, it stands against me, and I feel condemned. No, no, Jesus has removed it. How? By nailing it to the cross. Okay? No longer is that going to stand against me. And here's the thing. You may wrestle for the rest of your life to forgive yourself for the things you've done. But what you need to know is that when God looks at you, he's forgiven you. You just have to admit that you actually did something wrong. So what we talked about several weeks ago when we talked about mistakers versus sinners, that like until you admit that you actually messed up on purpose again and again, you can't actually get the forgiveness. And, and so... You, you can wrestle with believing if this is true and showing that. But, but here's the thing. Wouldn't you want this to be true? If there's a guy and he has standards and he has whatever and like we owe him, like, would you want this God to exist? The God that says, hey, just so, world, hello, hey, no, no, hey, world. Just so you know, when you ask forgiveness for forgiveness, the answer is yes. 
Answer yes. I've forgiven you. Okay? I already know. Hey, I just need you to ask, and the answer is yes. See, that's the thing. When you ask when you ask your family or brother or siblings for forgiveness, it's hard because you don't know if they're going to forgive you, right? But, but what we see in Jesus is that we already have the answer, and we can be confident in that. We can be confident that if you have siblings, you know they've done this to you. You can be confident that when you go and ask for forgiveness, God's not going to be like, yeah, I was wondering when you are going to mention that. I'm going to just hang that over your head for, let's say, another five, ten years, and then I'll forgive you. You know, I have a brother that you know, hangs it over my head that I left him outside in a snowstorm or whatever. You know, still, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I mean, we, but we don't have to wonder that with God. We know that we are forgiven. And so you can wrestle with if this is true, but wouldn't you want this to be true? Now, as we close, I want to do something that we don't normally do. Um, in fact, we've never done um, at TLR. And I want to close with, with praying. And, and the reason I want to close with praying is that for some of you, as you've been watching this and you've been going through this series, some of you may be at this point where you want to say, you know what, Nate, you guys talk about this or, you know, and, and I think I want to follow Jesus. Like, like I want to accept this and I want to admit to God that, yeah, I've messed up and, and I want to do this, but how do I do it? And I'm going to pray in a minute and you can repeat after this prayer if you want to. And it's just an example for how to do that. And, but in no way am I pressuring anybody into this, but, but I want to pray in this moment because because for some of you, that may be where you're at. If you're not there, then feel free to just ignore this. Uh, and again, no way am I pressuring you. And also, there's nothing magical about the words I'm saying. But the reason I want to do this is because for many of you, you've been, I know you've been talking to us and you've been sharing this. And you've been asking, what, what is my next step? And maybe this is it. Maybe it's just, it just starts with this declaring to God that you've messed up and that you want to put your trust and faith in Jesus. Now, you may still wrestle with that, and that is totally fine, but I want to close with this prayer just as an example, and then uh, we will wrap up and get out of here. But if you want to pray with me, feel free. Right? You can just repeat after me in this prayer. I'll pray. I'll say a few words and pause in case people want to repeat it back, and then I will wrap up. But if you want to pray with me, pray with me now. Dear God, First, Lord, I just want to thank you for your love for me. And I want to thank you that you have declared forgiveness before I've even asked. God, in this moment, I want to admit that I'm more than a mistaker. But I am, in fact, a sinner who does things wrong. From this moment forward, I want to follow you, and I want to trust in you. Help me to grow in that. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, or you know, you prayed that, we'd love to hear from you and let you know again. There's nothing magical in these words, 
but we want to celebrate that with you. If you have questions, you're like, maybe I pray that, but I have a few questions and not you. Okay, we'd love to hear from you as well. If you're like, this is all crap and I don't know why I'm still watching this, we'd also like to hear from you as well. The best way to think about all this, to talk about all this, is to join, if you've been around, you know, a community group, okay? We'd love to see you guys in community group. You can find out more information when we reach out to you and you can let us know that you're interested by clicking the link and sharing as much info as you feel comfortable giving to us. But we'd love to get to know you more. Also, at the beginning of this, we talked about how we were doing some exciting stuff for Christmas. That's still happening, okay? So hopefully you remember that. If you came in late, go back and see some of our exciting Christmas announcements. But in the meantime... There's two things you got to do this week, okay? Not just one, but two. First, continue to ask questions. Wrestle with this stuff. I know, this is heavy, okay? But, but what can wash away our guilt or shame or sin? Jesus offered himself as a solution. Maybe that's true. Maybe. Wrestle with that, okay? Ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. The second thing, you can't see fingers when I do that, but the second thing, you guys know. If you've been around, you know. Say it, say it to the screen. Say it, like, just... Muster it up. It doesn't matter if you're alone or even creepy if you're people around, but just say it, okay? Say it with me. Ready? Okay. What you guys need to do this week is you need to stay awesome. All of you, stay awesome. All right? Excited you guys are here. Love you guys. Have a great week. What's up, guys? As we wrap up today, I wanted to introduce my friend Sarah. Many of you already know Sarah, but Sarah works with me here at TLR, and she helps make all this happen. I wanted to introduce her because as we have this conversation about Jesus, it can be weird and it can be depending on your experience. It can be heavy. There's just a mix of things. And well, the reason I want to introduce Sarah is that I wanted her to share her personal experience on what Jesus has meant to her because she's been on a journey of her own. And I'll let her tell that story. But I thought it'd be a great way for us to close as we get out of here. So I hope you enjoy Sarah's story and this conversation with Sarah. Thanks, guys. I grew up going to church and believing in God, but I never really had a relationship with Jesus. It was always just something that I would go to church and I would pray with my family, but I never really knew what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus in my life. It was just kind of something that was far off and it seemed like something that I had to earn God's love and that I had to do all of these things and follow all of these rules in order to earn God's love and to have a, have a relationship with him. So that was something that was always kind of missing for me. When I started college, I knew that I wanted to be able to have a community of people to answer these questions and to wrestle through some of these things with. And that's when I met Sojourn. And in Sojourn, I was able to ask a lot of these questions, like the questions, what does it look like to actually have a relationship with Jesus in your life? And I was able to ask a lot of questions, get some answers, and really wrestle through what that looked like for me. And my junior year, I decided that I wanted to get baptized because I knew that I wanted to make my relationship with Jesus personal. And I knew that getting baptized was going to be one way that I could publicly declare that, that I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus in my life. And so after I got baptized, my entire life changed because I had a relationship with Jesus and I was able to make that really personal. And I no longer felt like it was me having to earn God's love or to do all of these things in order to reach God's love or have him accept me. But I knew that God loved us as we were and as I was, no matter what I had done before or what my past looked like, but that 
Jesus wanted to have a relationship with me. And so when I got baptized, that was really a way for me to make that personal for me. I know a lot of us probably wrestle with those same questions. Who is Jesus? Does having a relationship with him even matter? And I think that those are really great questions to ask. And like I said before, having a group of people that you can talk about those things with and really wrestle with those questions is so important. And that's one of the things that I love about Sojourn and it's why I'm so glad to still be able to be a part of Sojourn now. And I would just really encourage you to continue wrestling with those questions because I really do think that Jesus is a way to make your life better and to help you have a better life. And when I was able to ask those questions and explore who Jesus is and what having a relationship with him looks like in my life, it changed my whole life. And so I would really encourage you to continue asking those questions and to continue having a group of people to explore that with because life is not meant to be done alone and those questions are not meant to be wrestled with alone either because those are hard questions honestly so i'd really encourage you to just continue asking those questions because i really do think that jesus can help make your life better oh what's up you guys are still here what are you doing man wasn't that video so good this week? Look at all these notes I took. Like, oh gosh, so good. Well, hey, listen. Since uh, since you're still here, listen. Could you uh, you know like like, comment, subscribe? You know, like I'm, I think there's gonna be an icon that pops up like in this area. Maybe a video over here. Like, watch another video. If you could like, comment, share it with friends, all that stuff. You know, and just you know, honestly, here's the truth. Sarah gets all of her validation from that, and so like one time we got zero likes on a video, and she was a mess for like a whole week, just crying Wait, every day. What are you talking about? That was you. You were on the floor crying. You said you weren't gonna tell anybody. Oh, oh my God, God, that is so embarrassing. Okay, it, you know it doesn't matter who it was. Listen. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, you guys, you guys just like, comment, subscribe, you know, share. You know, you, you know people that should watch this video, so, like, you want them to watch it. So, you know, thank you, guys. Like, Let the people go. Come on. It's I, time. Okay. Right. I, I just miss them when they're gone. I know, but it's time. Okay, okay. All right. Bye, guys. Too, but... Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Like, comment, subscribe, you know. Yeah, do the thing. Like, for real. Okay, bye. All right. She's gone, so it's just us, okay? I won't. Before I get in trouble, like, comment, subscribe, please, please. I get all my validation from it. I need you to, please.